Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow, the podcast. As usual, I am your host, Natalie Bittinger, and today's episode is titled Leprosy of the Soul. The scripture I want to focus on is the entire chapter 14 of Leviticus. I'm not going to read all of that to you right now, just because it would be a lot, and I don't have time for that. But in previous episodes, I've talked about leprosy before, as well as the idea of cleansing. Actually, in a recent episode, I talked about cleansing, and I'm going to do that again and visit those topics, but kind of as a combined episode about the gospel today. Interestingly, this past week when I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about, I didn't want to read Leviticus. <laughs> I, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't, quote-unquote, piquing my fancy, but we're not supposed to pick and choose what we read, and I felt God really nudging me to read this chapter of Leviticus, and as I did, I suddenly realized something that related to the gospel in this chapter of Leviticus, and that was the cleansing ceremony that people went through if after they've had leprosy or some sort of skin disease. And that is what I'm going to talk about today. But again, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you right now, but to summarize, the chapter 14 of Leviticus talks about the process of the cleansing ceremony that the people of Israel had to go through with the priest, either for themselves if they had leprosy, or for the home if they discovered mold or mildew within the walls. And it occurred to me, as I was reading this past week, that this cleansing ritual, whether for the person or for the home, it was very similar to the cleansing that happens to us both on the inside and outside when we accept Jesus Christ's salvation for us, when we accept the good news of the gospel and Jesus's forgiveness. Let me, to help you understand, let me back up a little bit and explain leprosy. Leprosy, that term, was kind of a generic term back then used for any kind of skin disease. Uh, right now, and today, leprosy is tied to Hansen's disease, which is very specific, but either way, the main thing to understand about leprosy is that it was horrendous. It was, it was not fun. <laughs> it was not a disease that you easily got over. It was basically the worst rash you've ever had, times a hundred. And not to be gross, <laughs> but it was contagious, and often it was fatal because of the nervous system portions that it attacked. And in in my head, I kind of tied that with how sin affects us before we're saved. And that's kind of the thing I want to focus on. But this chapter in Leviticus, chapter 14, it's both historical and informational for us today. We have the historical record of God's instruction through Moses to his people about their conduct. And we also have this parable type example of what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
When leprosy began its fatal work, it did so on the inside of the individual. It's spread through inhaling whatever bacterium, I can't remember what it was called. It's a long drawn out name that I won't be able to pronounce, but once you inhaled that bacterium, it then began infecting you from the inside out. Liken this to how sin begins with our twisted, selfish desires in our the stance of our heart, really, which is rooted in us from the beginning of our days here on Earth. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, we are all infected, to use the medical term, with sin, like how leprosy can infect an entire community or town. As it says in Romans 3, chapter 23, none of us are without the symptoms and infection of sin. For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. The very way, when, when infected with leprosy, the very way someone functions is affected simply because of where the skin disease attacks. It attacks your nerves, specifically around like the eye area, but it's very similar to how sin attacks our very being and the way we act. It changes our actions, it changes our attitudes, and the perceptions we have on everything around us and the people that we interact with. Everything becomes self-centered, and like leprosy, if it's allowed to grow and fester, sin is fatal and self-destructive. Unforgiven sin will lead to eternal death. As stated in Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When, back then, when someone was infected with leprosy, they couldn't cleanse themselves of the disease. It wasn't something they could do on their own. They had to go to and through a high priest, which at the beginning would have been Aaron, Moses' brother. Same goes for us. We ourselves can't cleanse us from the dirtiness, from this infection of sin. We can't do it on our own. We have to go through our high priest, which is Jesus Christ. And I want to take a look at verses 1 through 7 of Leviticus, which kind of goes through the process that these people would have to go through. And the Lord said to Moses, The following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification from a skin disease. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest, who will examine them at a place outside of the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of a serious skin disease, he will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremonially clean, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn, and a hyssop branch. The priest will order that one bird be slaughtered over a clay pot filled with fresh water. He will take the live bird, the cedar stick, the scarlet yarn, 
and the hyssop branch and dip them into the blood of the bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. The priest will then sprinkle that blood of the dead bird seven times on the person being purified of the skin disease. When the priest has purified the person, he will release the live bird in the open field to fly away. So in order for the people back then to be cleansed of whatever skin disease they had, they had to have bloodshed. This is how God's law worked and still does today. There had to be a shedding of blood. There had to be death in order for those people to be cleansed. And the same does go for cleansing our soul of sin. Blood has to be shed. The slaughtering of the one bird and its blood spilling into the bowl of water is potentially symbolic for two things. I read this in a commentary of this section of scripture. And one of those things was the ending of the disease, or in today's case, the end of sin and eternal death. And it also represented the death required to banish that leprosy, or in today's case, sin, which would be Jesus's death. And as I mentioned, this ritual had to be performed by a high priest. The Israelite couldn't perform it for themselves. We know that Jesus is our intercessor between us and God. He is our high priest. He can cleanse you of whatever sin has infected you from the inside out. This isn't just a base. This isn't just a spot cleaning. This is washing you white as snow. This is taking every ick. <laughs> every every bit of that leprosy and destroying it and not just destroying it but sending it off beyond the horizon of his memory like the second bird in the ritual of the cleansing from leprosy the second bird is sent off to never be seen again Again, the law of God required blood to be shed on account of the sin that was committed. Jesus, our high priest, took that punishment of death upon himself, even though he wasn't the one that committed the sins that we've committed. He did this on the cross. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was mocked. The Roman officers shoved nails in his hands and his feet. A spear was pushed into his side. There was a crown of thorns shoved into his scalp. And this is just the physical death he experienced on earth. We don't have a first-hand account of what happened after he died. But we do know that he descended into hell. and paid our eternal punishment there as well. Not just the death we would experience on earth, but our eternal punishment. And hell is a place 
of constant sorrow, pain, and torture. The place where punishment, where our eternal punishment would be dealt out, is it isn't a party, <laughs> as a lot of people say it is. And Jesus willingly, out of his love for you and I, took our place, took our punishment in hell. And we know that he didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. And because of that, people are still being cleansed of their sins. But you can be freed from this leprosy of sin that is in you. This cleansing from the inside out, it is free to you. And all you have to do is accept this gift. You can do that right now. Pray to Jesus. And when you do, I encourage you, when you repent, to A, admit that you're a sinner, that God is right and you are wrong, and that you've sinned against him and are understand that you are deserving of this punishment. Ask for his forgiveness and accept it and the fact that you are no longer bound by that sin. God has blotted them from his memory and won't visit them ever again. You are free. Turn from that old life that you've been living. Ask God that he would help you to not fall for those old temptations because they will creep up again. But you don't have to give in to them. I've heard of many people who after they've gotten saved, after they've prayed that prayer of repentance, I've heard that they are very unsure of the next step. And so I encourage you, this is Natalie's opinion, but to go find a group of Christians or just one Christian that you trust and stay in community with them and also community and communion with God. Spend time in his word, spend time with him in prayer and once you find that church or that group of people, get plugged in, get involved because we grow better together. We grow closer to God better together and spending time in his presence in his word is what really helps us as Christians to do better to live after that righteousness and in his righteousness as we are called to in closing I'd like to read 2nd Corinthians 5 17 as it talks about our newness in Christ and I hope it encourages you if you've just prayed that prayer of repentance or if you're about to. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I so hope that you prayed that prayer or are about to. And again, I encourage you, once you do that, let someone know. Find a Christian group or a Christian friend and let them shower you with the love of God. I want to again thank you for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Grow. 
and remind you that episodes are released bi-weekly. This is every other Monday, and I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at WUG Podcast. That's spelled W-G-P-O-D, well, podcast. And go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie Bittinger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.